Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. Father God, I just want to thank you this day. I just want to exalt your name. I'm trusting God you're going to use me to communicate your mind to your people and bring them to the place of establishment in their work with you. I'm asking God for that abundant grace that will flow from me and to them and from you unto them to cause them, Father, to be properly established, to know not just where they are, but that God will begin to reap the benefit of the state that they are right now, even as you brought us out of the world into your kingdom, so that God will begin to benefit and reap that which is in the kingdom, the land you brought us into, the atmosphere you brought us into, that our atmosphere, God, will continue to receive a change even as we behold you in the name of Jesus Christ. As we pray, God, believe it, that as your work go forth, let healing take place, let deliverance take place, let all those who are oppressed be delivered from that oppression in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. For your word is life and spirit, and the Bible says you send for your word, and your word healed them. Let it be so to your people. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. All right, I'm talking to you this morning on the city that Abraham looked for. The city that Abraham looked for, or the country that Abraham looked for, whichever way, we're saying the same thing. You know, first of all, let me give this simple definition. We've been dealing with this issue of three levels of separation. How many of you can remember that? And we talked about God speaking to Abraham, come out of their country, come out of their kindred, and come out of their father's house. <coughs> Hallelujah. Three levels of separation, we said. And he said, I'm going to take you to another country. Or as it were, I'm going to build a nation out of you. Is that okay? Amen? All right. We'll be dealing with that. Now, there is something I want to make us understand. Remember, I made you understand in the course of that study that a country is like a system of belief and culture of a people that have the same manner, of the same norms, and attitude, and things that bind them together, language, whatever. And all of this thing affects your life, and your life is molded by the culture of the country that you come from, to a very large degree. So when God is asking you to leave a country, it simply means he's asking you to put behind you some of the things that you are tied to in that particular nation. I try to make you see precisely why it was difficult for Lord's wife to go through because she was tied to Sodom in her spirit. And I tried to explain to you that is what we call a soul tie. So you can be tied to a country, you can be tied to a sister, you can be tied to a family, you can be tied to something, even though you said you are a Christian. And because you are tied to all of those things, the, the things you are tied to begin to affect you emotionally. Your attitude, your new location will not be able to produce, I mean, for you, what you are supposed to receive in your new location. Because you see, Colossians 1, the Bible made us to understand from 12 to 13, will be translated from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We've been moved, we've been shifted. We are no longer where we used to be before we came to the Lord. Amen, somebody? God moved us by his spirit through the sacrifice of Jesus. Right now, we are in another atmosphere. Now, I'm going to make you see something. In a country... A country is made up of cities. Okay? And cities are made up of houses. 
Right? And houses are made up of people. Am I communicating? Right? If you're talking about a country, you're talking about cities in a nation. Right? And for you to call a place a city, it means you have several houses. Is that alright? Praise the living God. And each of those houses you're going to have in the city, you are going to have homes or people. And so, when you begin to take a census of the people, you are automatically looking at the houses you count from the houses, from the houses you know the kind of city, how many cities you have in the nation. Alright. Now, I'm bringing you to something that you're going to understand. Now, in every city, there is an attitude or there is a culture. Is that okay? Good. In every family, there is an attitude and there is a culture. Alright? Good. Now, the Bible is saying, Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Okay, let's go to the scriptures. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. I'm reading from verse 13. Praise the Lord. Here the scripture says, These all, talking about Abraham, Jacob, Sarah, all of them, heroes of faith, if you will. These are than the faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know what? Praise the living God. One thing, let me just say this. Do you know what it means to be a pilgrim? A pilgrim is somebody who is no longer homesick. Very simple definition. If you are on a pilgrim, you are no longer homesick. Is that okay? Because if you are homesick, it simply means you are going to move and return back to where you came from. So the truth says, if you're on a pilgrimage with God, you can't be homesick anymore. Hallelujah. In other words, Jesus put it this way. He has set his house on the plow and looked back. Can you get that? It's not fit. So the Bible says you're on pilgrimage. It simply means you can't be homesick. What I mean is, you can't be thinking about where you came from. You can't be envying or getting jealous about the people you left behind on the other side. Hallelujah. Okay. Verse 14. For they that say such things declare. Remember, what did they say? They said we're pilgrims. That, or they declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from where they came out, they must have had the opportunity to do what? To return. Is that okay? In other words, they were not homesick. Right? There was something more precious before them. Verse 16. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly and heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called what? Dear God. And I want you to know that. For he has prepared for them what? A city. Hallelujah. He has prepared for them a city. 
Watch that. They were not homesick. They were not prepared to go back to where you came from. Because God has prepared for them a city. And they were looking for that city. And don't forget what I said. Cities makes up a country. Is that alright? Good. And God said, there is a city that I'm taking you to. And they are able to see that in the mind of their spirit. They are able to say, well, God has something better than what we have now. Or where we are coming from. So there was no way for them to be thinking back as to where they are coming from. There was, a, there was this focus they have. There was the determination they have to get to the very place that God has in mind for them. And I want to show you that city today. Hallelujah. The very city that Abraham was looking for. The Bible didn't tell us that they got into the city. But the Bible said they were looking for the city. It simply means the city, as we're going to see, did not come into place while they were looking for the city. But they were sure to get to the city, but they never arrived at the city. Why? Because the city that God built was not in place as at when Abraham was alive. Okay, let's begin to look at something. Hebrews 13. And this is very important for me. Hebrews 13, look at verse number 11. Remember the Bible described for us that the city is heavenly. Is that okay? It says a heavenly city. So Hebrews 13 verse 11. The Bible says, For the bodies of this beast, whose blood is brought to the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, are born without account. What body is he talking about? He's now describing for us the Old Testament and the sacrificial system. Is that okay? He's talking about when you sin in the Old Testament, what you are supposed to do. You bring the animal sacrifice to the priest, they slaughter, they offer the blood, and so on and so forth. That's what he's talking about. And now he's saying, for those animals uh, to be offered for sin, they were born outside of the camp. In other words, outside of the city. Are you there with me? Please follow. Verse 12. The Bible now says, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gates. You know what he's saying? In other words, just as the animals were slaughtered outside of the city, Jesus had to be killed outside of the city of Jerusalem. Are you following it? Now you see where it is tied to your sin and where it is tied to the sacrifices that the old scripture describes. When I use what I mean, the Old Testament. Verse 13. And he says, let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp. Are you there? Bearing his reproach. For we have no continuing city. But we see for one to come. What? What is he talking about? I want to give you some revelation this morning that will trigger some things in your spirit. Let's continue with him. He said, let's go out and meet him out of the city. What city? Jerusalem. Where the animal sacrifices were offered. Are you there with me? Please begin to follow him. Let's go up. And he said, we have no continuing city. What is that supposed to mean? In other words, we can't continue with the animal sacrifices anymore. Go out to meet him out there. 
Stop these animal sacrifices that you're offering. And the Bible is telling us, we do not have a continuing city. That means that city with all the principles and lifestyle is coming to an end. Are you there with me? Now, some of you are getting a little bit confused. But let me explain something to you here. Because he said we have no continuing city, but we see for one to come. Is that okay? What does that mean? It's just this simple thing. I'm going to read the scripture for you now in the book of Luke. But before then, understand this. The book of Hebrew was written to Hebrew Christian believers. Is that alright? Good. It was a book written to Christian Hebrew believers. Right. So when he said we have no continuing city, he's addressing the Hebrew people who are not Christian and telling them we can't continue with the laws of Moses. We can't continue with the sacrifices of Moses. Depart from that life and embrace the new life. Praise the living God. When he said go out of the city and go and meet him up there. You know what? Your true sacrifice and deliverance is no longer within the rituals of the religious system of the Jewish people. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So you move on there. Go out and meet him. For this one can no longer continue. Recently, somebody sent me a note and said, it's a day, they call it the day for praying for Israel, Jerusalem. And he just sent me also, Pastor, join us, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I said, what for? He said, because that's what the scripture says. I said, you need to understand the scripture. Which of Jerusalem do you mean? Is it Jerusalem from above or Jerusalem in the Middle East? Which one are you talking about? He said, the one in the Middle East. I said, I have no part in that. I can go there for pilgrimage, for sightseeing, to relax. Are you there with me? But no, no, no. I am born from above. I am not born from Middle East. And the person was getting angry with me. I said, man, I'm telling you the truth. I don't belong there. You, you are free to go there. My mother, the Bible tells me, Galatians chapter 4, we are born of Jerusalem, which is from above. The Bible said there's no continuing city there. The same thing here. The Jewish believer, people were trying to make them say they have to go back to the ritual. God said, no. No continuing city. And watch this. This book was written in AD 63 and 67. You can put it down in your Bible. Between AD 63 and 67. And that is very important. In other words, some three, four, five years before the fall of Jerusalem was when this book was written. Are you getting that? And that is why the word is saying in the last verse, we have no continuing city that we see for one to come. Because when you read, we see for one to come in verse 14, it's like you are thinking about tomorrow. No, it has nothing to do with tomorrow. Let me show you what I have to say here. But don't forget, the book was written between AD 63 and AD 67. That will give us some seven and three years before the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. And don't you always forget that before AD 70, the temple was still standing. People were still going to the temple to worship. Even the disciples were still going there to worship. Now you turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 21. Let me show you why we don't have a continuing city. Why is saying this to the Hebrew people? Not basically to you. But for you, it has to do with who you used to be before, your tradition before you came, 
all the worship you were engaged in before you came to the Lord. You do not have a continuous city in those places. You can't belong there anymore. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 21. Let's begin to look at verse 20. We have no continuous city. Can I say amen to that? We don't belong to the past. Everything about traditional sacrifices, everything about what you engage in in terms of worship, everything has come to an end. He said, let's leave the city and go meet him outside the camp. Are you there in Luke 21 now? Look at verse 20. Jesus speaking. Now, don't, don't you get this wrong again too. Luke was written in AD 63. And that's very important to us. AD 63. The book of Luke. Is that alright? So, that will give you some, how many years before the fall of Jerusalem? Some 700 years. When the book of Luke was put together. So watch this. And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the dissolution thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. And let them which are in the mountains also depart out. And let them not, let them, let not them that are in the countries enter your in. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written by the, written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrought upon these people. Look at what he said. These people. He didn't say people. He said these people. Come on, is anybody following that? It means it was addressing a particular group of people. Is that okay? Right. Verse 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword. And they shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time for the Gentiles be fulfilled. Alright? And there shall be a sign in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the west roaring. Men's heart filling them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the power of heaven shall be what? Shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Are you there with me? And lift up your heads. For what? For your redemption draweth nigh. Now, these are getting into trouble with people. They have made us to understand that all those distress of nations, you, you understand that, speaks of the end time. They tell you it speaks of when maybe the rapture is going to take place and all of that. But the Bible is saying when these things begin to happen, just understand that your salvation is right now. Your redemption. So the trouble is connected to your redemption. But man wants you to go away. Hallelujah. Does anybody understand what I'm saying here? You know what he was telling them? When you see all this trouble begin to happen, just know that I'm about to come. And watch this. 
I made us to understand those of you who were in the Bible study on Wednesday. It made us, it made it abundantly clear when the trouble begins to come, when General Titus came. Now, anyway, just lead on just a little bit. Let's look at the next one. Verse 29. But I'm sure you love verse 28 there. You, did you love it? Oh, come on. When you see these things, it's an indication of your redemption coming true. Verse 29. And he spoke to them a parable of the whole, the fig tree, and all the trees. When they now should fall, you see, and you know of your own self that summer is nigh at hand. So likewise, yea, when you see this thing come to pass, know ye that what? The kingdom of God is at hand. <laughs> and verse, the last verse now said, Verily, very I say unto you, This generation shall not pass till all this thing be war be fulfilled. What are we talking about? And somebody will come and dump this on you and say that has to do with the end time. That has to do with the rapture. Not at all. Everything ended in AD 70 in Jerusalem. What we're saying here is this. Now if you read the, the, from the top where we read the Bible, so when you see Jerusalem compassed with armies. What armies? Talking about the armies of the Roman soldiers when they were coming in to destroy the city led by General Titus. Is that okay? I explained fully on Wednesday, what had really happened. The Bible made us to understand clearly, even our history, that when General Titus came with his people to destroy the city, all of a sudden, unknown to them, without anything, they stop invasion and just pull down stakes and get out of the city. But remember, see, this is what it used, this high used to be. When nations go to war, if they are coming to fight, let's assume this is a city, they come and compass around the city. They surround it. They may not fight that same day. They just keep on mounting themselves. Is that okay? They surround the city. And then until they begin to, to fight. And that's exactly. It's like laying ambush. So they came in, surround the city. Built all the stakes and things like that. All of a sudden, General Titus gave instruction that people should put stakes. And they moved out again. Now, the, those who believe in the Lord, those who believe what Jesus told them, they got to realize that what Jesus said is coming to pass. So what's the next thing they did? They begin to move out of the city. So all true believers in Christ left the city before General Titus came back again. As soon as everybody left, Titus came back again and started worrying on the city. If you take time to read our book, Signs of Christ Coming, you understand what I'm talking about. Alright? There you find that women were eating their own children because the Bible said there was going to be famine. It was deadly. There was a particular instance that Joseph, I think, recorded. A lady, two women, they ate up one of the children of the other one. And when it was time to eat up the other one's child, uh, the other one said no. And then trouble started. They started fighting. So the trouble, what was it? So we just, we are agreement. That we first eat this one, then we eat this one. And now it is my turn for us to eat this one. She said no. There was a heavy famine that was going on because you can't move out of the city to buy anything. Are you there with me? But Jesus said, when you see these things, just know that your redemption draweth nigh. And if you see all of this thing happening, just know that the kingdom of God is at hand. So all those signs you see, they portray the coming of what? Of the kingdom to the Jewish believers. And that is what uh, I believe Paul was writing in Hebrews. That's what Paul is writing. We have no continuing what? City. Let's go out. Don't meet him. Let's forsake rituals. 
Let's protect tradition. And I'm saying the same thing to the church today. Why can't we leave tradition but for a moment? Why can't we follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Why can't we come to him and him alone who can give us salvation and deliverance? Why do we still tie ourselves to so many traditional customs? Why do we have so many programs that are not Christ-centered? The Bible says we have no continuing city. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? And so we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is who? Is God. Because this one that we are now is destroyed. It doesn't continue. It has no continuity. We can't continue with rituals and traditions. Okay. Go back with me now to the book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews. Praise the living God. You know, if, if I have to take that, remember, when I was young in faith, I was actually told that, that Luke 21 is talking about the rapture. Is that okay? But diligent study begins to prove something wrong because the Bible says, you pray that your escape will not be in the summer. Woe unto those who are pregnant and with child. How many of you remember that? And the question comes to me and said, oh, come on. If this is a rapture, it means if somebody is pregnant, the person cannot go through the rapture. Or if you have a baby, God will not rapture you. I mean, that's stupid. You know what? Jesus wasn't talking about rapture. He was talking about the trouble that was coming to Jerusalem. And what he was saying is this. Because we are going to be running from the city. Is that okay? It will be a hard time for those who are pregnant. It will be a difficult time for them. And if you have a baby, think about it. During civil wars, whether it is easy for you to run with a child in your hand. So he was saying, when you are going to escape out of the city, it will be a difficult time. Therefore, pray that it will not be the time when people are pregnant or you have a baby in your hand or it's a time of summer or it's, I mean, time of winter. And I explained even on Wednesday. Winter season is always a very cold season. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? It's always a very cold moment. So he's saying, you just pray that your escape from the city will not be in the time of very cold season in Palestine. Because that will be a hard time for you. Praise the living God. It has nothing one being to do with the rapture of fury. Not at all. And for those of you who care, you come to us, you'll be able to make you see precisely what the rapture of fury is all about. It's all false. It's all fake. And that's why people don't like me. But it doesn't make any difference. Because you can't teach me what is not in scriptures. You can't allow me or want me to take the things that are not scripturally inspired by God. I've always made people understand. We know the rapture theory started in 1830 in England by Margaret MacDonald. It had nothing to do with God. Praise the living God. And some of you may not even know. You have a group of people that died, I think, in 1998 or thereabout in the United States. They call them Gate to Heaven. It was a cult. They also have a similar belief that there are some UFOs or identified flying objects that will come and take away his people. They believe that. The Johnny White or something was the name of the guy that led that. He was sick for a while. And the Lord that was treating him, both of them came together and said, they are the two saints UFOs to take a people out of the earth. Similar belief system. They called their belief and their court was called Gate to Heaven. You know what? At the end of the day, 1998, they all committed suicide. Because they felt the body was not a good thing. 
In other words, they were Gnostics in their thinking. The thinking is, anything of the earth is evil. So, the belief and what inculcated the people was that your human body is only an entrance for you to have a way into God. And for you to really have God, you have to drop your human body. In fact, the men were castrated. Don't tell you how rigid they were in their belief system. They were castrated. And he comes to the point that said, well, very soon they are coming to pick them from UFA on the back line, not just coming from the clouds to take them away. And they have to drop this body because they can't go with this body. So what did they do? They all went into the house. They hired and all committed suicide. So that they can go to heaven. Because the earth means nothing. No sticks. And that is the same principle we teach. The earth is bad. The earth is whole. So God is coming to take us away. But God is saying, thy kingdom come, that we be done on earth, as it is in heaven. So, indirectly, we are Gnostic people. We are teaching that the earth is evil. We are teaching that man is evil because he has an earthly body. But the Bible says, as we are born the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Hallelujah! So these are deceptions. I'm reading all of this, saying all of this so that you can understand what I'm saying. That all of those theories amount to nothing. They are not from God. Praise the living God. Hebrews 12. Are you there with me now? Praise the living God. Remember, Abraham was looking for a city. Am I right? Whose builder and maker is who? Is God. <laughs> Amen. And of course, we need to understand, we think the city has to be upstairs. It must be up in the sky. <laughs> Are you there? I remember one night, my wife was listening to this station and then here this big papa just came on the screen and said, did you know why Jesus said, I go and build you many mansions and uh, he's still building? He said, no. So because the wall that I build, they are not enough yet. <laughs> Very serious. I mean, how do you like that? The one that he has finished, they are not enough yet. So, like your own, it's not ready. So that's why it's still working. Praise the living God. I mean, that's the kind of thing people, they listen to. Huh? Somebody walked here just a few weeks ago and we're talking... First time he attended our service, he came and said, Pastor, I believe what you're teaching. I'll be thinking, I'm a builder. I can't imagine many mansions being in a house. Mansions are bigger than a house. I mean, that is somebody who, you understand, first time in service. He took me out there, asked me, I believe what you're teaching. Hallelujah. Come on. Mansion means money. Many dwelling places. You are a dwelling place of God. You are the house of God. Amen. First Timothy 3.15, the Bible tells us, if I delay that you may know how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church, the pillar, and the truth. My father's house simply means many brethren. We are brethren of Jesus. Amen. We are not talking about the location upstairs. He's talking about you and I. That's why you are the temple. Of the living God. Praise the living God. 
Know ye not that ye are the temple of the Lord, the Bible said. What it means is you are a dwelling place of the Lord. Because God in the book of Exodus said, you build me a temple so that I can dwell among my people. So I said, no, you know, you are the temple of the Lord. What he's trying to say, don't you know God dwells in you? Hebrews 12. I'm just excited. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Because I'm seeing light, I'm seeing truth here. God is unveiling his mind. Come on, let's look at the city Abraham was looking for. Hebrews 12, verse 22. But yeah, come unto Mount Zion, unto what? The city of the living God. Hallelujah. Remember what the Bible says? He said, Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Are you there with me? So, read it again. But yeah, come unto my Zion. I'm not to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. Can you get that? And to a numerable company of angels. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Which are written in heaven. And to God the judge of all. And to the spirit of just men made perfect. And to Jesus. Remember what he said before? Go ye out to meet him. And to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkly that speaketh better things than that of what? That of Abel. Hallelujah. You are come to that city. So watch that. How did you come to the city? And why is it that Abraham could not get into the city? Because listen to me. The city was not in existence until Jesus went to the cross. Did you get that? As soon as Jesus went to the cross and came out of the cross, a new city was built by God. Now you have come into that city. No, no, no. If you take your time to read before you get to verse 22, it talks about Manzion. I mean, Mansina. Is that okay? The trembling, the shaking, the thundering, and all of that. How do people say, come on, we don't want to hear you anymore. Talk to Moses. And let Moses talk to us. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The Bible said there was dread and fear. And so, when he said, but, in other words, you are no longer in the realm of fear. You are no longer in the realm of being afraid of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you have come. You have left that city. Now you can talk to God. Now God is your father. Are you hearing me? The sacrifices are over. You've come to the city. You are not going to go there tomorrow. You've come to that place now. What is the city? The church of the living God. You and I. God, see, Abraham was envisaging. Abraham was kind of praying. Abraham was saying, oh, I wish I can be. He saw by the spirit what the city is going to be. This is a city that has no fear in it. That's why you're no longer asleep. How many of you remember this? Let me tell you something. I'm going to be teaching you on that. Listen. Moses ministered as a servant to servants. Jesus ministered as a son to sons. Come on, somebody need to understand that. We are no servants, we are sons. Oh, come on, somebody need to catch me. Are you getting this? He was a servant, so he ministered to servants. And servants were slaves. And servants have no inheritance. Oh, somebody need to catch this. But we are sons, because he who is ministering in this city is a son. 
So seven ministers to seven, some ministers to some. Oh no, someone needs to catch this. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You are an heir of God. Because you come to the city of the living God. Not of the dead God. The city of the God who have life. Whose foundation and maker is God. And there are things in this city that you can't find on the other city. So there's no continuing city on the other side. Are you catching what I'm talking about? Man, I need to wake up your spirit. There's something that will come into your mind. Abraham was, listen, Abraham was panting for what you are, what you are already having now. He was, he was being driven. I wish I had come into it. The Bible says, all these men, though they saw the promise, but they never got any of the promise. But you got the promise. Because they are child of Abraham. Come on, am I talking to someone here? You did not come to that realization, people of God. You come to that city. You are not going to go into that city. And the city is heavenly. Though you are on earth, you are a heavenly being. Come on, talk to me. If you know your time is all, just let me know. I have something in my spirit this morning. Are you hearing me? You can signal me. I don't mind. Praise God. Is anybody following this? <laughs> you step into another mentality. Let me, let me explain this to you. If I leave Nigeria now, Watch this. If I leave Nigeria now and go probably I go to South Africa. I think that they are having their winter or whatever right now. It's very cold. If I go there, the climate there will definitely affect me because I've left Nigeria. But you see, as long as I'm there, whatever is happening here cannot affect me. Are you still there with me? The Bible says you move to another city. I left Lagos for Johannesburg. My climate have changed. I paid the tickets, and the ticket is the blood of Jesus. It shifted me from my old life to a new life. So what is happening that cannot affect me. I am a new creature. All things are passed away. Change your mentality, people. You are in another city. Leave Nigeria now. You will see how good we eat. Come on. Am I talking to someone here? <laughs> you travel in the ask for a yellow card. Immunization. Because over there, there is no yellow fever. Oh, can you imagine that? That means you can go to a climate where there's no yellow fever. Are, are you hearing what I'm talking about? That's why they want to see your yellow card at the airport. You are changing territory. You are changing city. You are changing location. Is anybody following this? Now, you've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. In this place, no poverty. In this place, no sickness. Come on, in this place, no barrenness. In this place, no premature death. Come on, are you hearing what I'm talking about? It is what is in this city that you are meant to have. We are unable to shift in our thinking. That is why we are still suffering. At the age of Abraham, he brought forth a child. Your old age has nothing to do with your giving birth. If God wants you to bring forth, you will bring forth. There is nothing like menopause in the Bible. Because Sarah broke the rule of menopause. That is medical and not scriptural. And I don't care how you look about that. 
If God wants to put a seed in you, He's going to give you the seed. Doesn't matter your age. In fact, I would prefer you become 80 and bring forth. To show that God can make the impossible possible. If God can make limbs that are short to grow, why can't you turn your womb to that of a young baby? In this city, is what Abraham was looking for. You've come to that city whose builder and maker is God. Everything about the old life was put in place by someone. But God is structuring the city. He laid a new foundation. And he said, just come into the city. The gate is open. Oh, come on. Somebody need to understand. The gate is walk into the city and breathe a fresh air. Not the type you have here, but fresh air. Somebody understand what I say? Yes. <laughs> I'm not talking of political fresh air. I'm talking of refresh air. Come in here and refresh. This a city would be there and make a is gone. And come to think about it. The Bible says you are sharing fellowship with angels. How many of you understand the kind of people you are having fellowship with? No, 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 not with demons. Come on. You are sharing fellowship with angels, not demons. So I don't come here looking for demons. I come here looking for angels to send messages. Oh, come on. Somebody need to understand this. He says, as ministering spirit, they are asked to be sent by the sons of God. We are here looking for angels. How many of you understand you are sitting and angel is sitting by you? Oh, man. Oh, come on, no demons. This is a household of saints. And how many of you understand that Abraham is even here? Oh, I'm going a little bit deep for you now. Glory to God. Abraham is here. Abraham is listening to what I'm saying. Abraham is rejoicing. But he said, David, why are you saying that? Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. What did he say? He said, we are compulsory. We saw great a cloud of witnesses. They are seeing you and I. You can see them. Because they are in the terrestrial realm. You are in the celestial realm. But they are seeing you. Angels are seeing you. Come on, let's share fellowship with the host of heaven. Not with demons, not with falsity, not with stupid mindset, but with the living God. Hallelujah. God, I've called you to that place. I just want you to stand up and rejoice because of what God has done. You are living in a realm of freedom. God has called you to life and not death. He has called you to riches and not poverty. He has called you to wisdom and not foolishness. This is a city built by God. I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail. For further information and message order, please call plus 234-803-4810869. Or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net. God bless you.